I have had a headache all day. I guess my audit for my Dianetics didn't go so well last time. I need a better auditor. Where is L. Ron Hubbard when you need him? Am I right? Welcome to Cryptic Soup. This is part two of the episode definitely not about Scientology. thinking he's a member of that uh, a religion called Scientology. I thought, oh, I'm interested in that. So I was, every so often I'd say things like, uh, oh, Tom, sometimes I'm a bit lost in life. See if he would <laughs> try right, and right. Right. Sure. He'd go, oh, yeah, I don't know, read the Bible. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tom, I, I wish I had a way of thinking more positively about the future. <laughs> no interest in getting me in Scientology at all. Wait, so you're hurt that he didn't recruit you for Scientology? If there's a cult that don't want me, I want to know why. <laughs> Hi, welcome back to Cryptic Soup. I'm Athena. Hi, welcome back. <laughs> and I'm Kylie. <laughs> I started it, it felt real forced, but I didn't know how to stop it, so I just thought if I continued it would get better. Nah, it didn't, though. No. I mean, it's different. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> um, so, welcome to the new year, officially. Oh, yeah, the last time we... We had... recorded, it was technically 2022. Yeah. But the last episode was also... It was 2023, but they don't know that we know that, because we said in the episode, it's still 2022. They don't know what we know. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're time travelers. Yes. <laughs> there, exactly. <clears throat> um, I don't know. This is a two-pata. It's a two-pata. Do you got anything else to say, really? I have a funny story. Go for it. All right. So we got a message today from a fan. And literally, she's a friend of mine, but she was just like, I need... Quote, guzzle me a pint, me matey, quote, on a T-shirt <laughs> and didn't oh. say anything else. She, she wasn't like, hey, Kylie or, or anything. It was literally just, I need this. OK, bye. <laughs> I'm going to assume that's Johnny Depp. Depp versus Hurt episodes? No, it was um, Oscar Pistorius. <laughs> Who said guzzle me a pint? You did. I think it was when he was like... <sighs> <laughs> it was like when he was out drinking or something. I vaguely, <laughs> and I, said, I vaguely, me a bite. I vaguely okay. remember this, but I really need to go back and listen huh. to it now. But yeah, um, yeah, it kind of sounds like something I'd say. Yeah. So I, uh, I relayed to her that we are working on some merch, and I'll see what I can do. <laughs> see if that's in the roster. <laughs> Hey, you know what? I do like to guzzle me some pints, though. Me <laughs> matey. Me matey. I was talking with my family the other night, and I was saying something. I said, blah, 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 because I hate wine. And Margie, dead ass, real loud, goes, oh, but you'll drink beer. Just like that. And I was like, yeah, because yes. I like beer. I don't <laughs> like wine. It's very different thing. Damn. <laughs> Called out. Yeah. 
what can I say? I got a liver made of stone metal. I don't know. What are you trying to say? Isn't it your liver that processes alcohol? Is it your kidney? What does it? Your liver. Yeah. Okay. So I was trying to say like my liver is strong because beer has like a stronger flavor than wine. So I was trying to say like, oh, it's strong. I don't know. And the words of Stu Mocker from Scream, liver alone. <laughs> Get it? Liver. <laughs> on that note. <laughs> so on tonight's episode, <clears throat> this is part two of a two-pata. I'll give you a little memory backtrack where we left off on part one was we were in the 1950s. And we were talking about L. Ron Hubbard. He is super awesome, super cool. And he has super cool life accomplishments. And none of them are lies or made up at all at all. None one bit. <laughs> none of them. None of them. They're all super 100% true. Factoids. One after the next. <laughs> he had killer war stories. He has um, a fascination with marrying younger women. And he discovered the Dianetics. We talked about how Hubbard had started a large scale movements called Dianetics and the concept of engrams, auditing and going clear. He said the therapy would in the end fix you to become a good person because man is good at the root of man and you just got to go clear to get it. According to Scientology and and hubby and hubby. Yes, <laughs> Ron, Ron, hubby. <laughs> and we're going to call him hubby. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> If I didn't hate him, that'd be a great nickname. Right. So at this point where we were kind of getting to L. Ron had um, it does remind me of A.A. Ron. <laughs> that's why. I didn't, yes, it really does. I think in the end, that's why I didn't want to call him L. Ron ever. And I was like, Hubbard sounds safer because otherwise I'm going to keep making fucking jokes. L. L. Ron, L. Is, L. Ron is what I like want to say when you say L. Ron. Like it's L. L. Ron. <laughs> so he had been recently married to Mary Sue Whip. In 1952, and he had just discovered Scientology. That would have been in about December of 1953. And weirdly enough, what happened in December? Well, no, I think it happened in March of 1953. But that's when Joseph Stalin died. In case you were wondering, I just thought that was a weird correlation. Like Scientology was the birth at the same time as Joseph Stalin. I don't, I don't know. Like it feels like those should have been two very different time zones. Yes. Like periods. Yeah. Yeah. I love when I find those things out. Like you find out like, um, what was it? Like, I, I think I'm wrong on this, but if the Lion King came out in 1992, which I think it did, or it might've been 93, but that was the last year that guillotines were still a legal thing to be doing in the middle of the streets. Seriously? Yeah. Like there were still legal guillotines happening. Like, <laughs> I literally had this type of conversation the other day with my grandparents. I was like, you know, I learn about all of these really weird, awesome, amazing, crazy, out of the box things <laughs> on my podcast. And then I'm like, wow, my grandparents were alive then. Yes. <laughs> like, what? Well, and then I carry these facts around with me and I like tell people later, I'll be like, oh, like, here's this weird fact that's super useless. But here you go. And they're like, why do you? Why? Do you know this stuff? Like, of all things, I'm like, well, it it had a correlation once, but now it's just like stuck in your brain (laughs) up in there somewhere and it like won't go away. So here I am just spewing out worthless, (laughs) but amazing knowledge. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. Or like that one episode where I accidentally said Czechoslovakia wrong, but that's like the fastest word I can spell in the English language. C-Z-C-H-O-S-L-O-V-A-K-I. What did, how did you say it? Because we were talking about words that begin with C-H and I said Czechoslovakia. And then we both kind of like stopped and I looked at you because I knew something was wrong when I said it. And you were like, that begins with a C-Z. And I was like, yes, it does. But like, I was thinking of the joke that the cat in the hat makes where he's like in the car and he's like, your seatbelt's on? Check. Your passenger seat lights on? Check. Both the kids are in the car? Check. A person from Czechoslovakia is a check. And that's the end of the joke. Hmm. I sent it to Damon because he's Czechoslovakian. Right. <laughs> so I really <laughs> don't remember this. I still stand by the fact that when we do get famous, because, you know, we'll get famous. Obviously, yes. we're so cool. Well, remember, that's my that's my thing for for the year is to get famous. Oh, okay. um, <clears throat> but when we do and someone asks me, yeah, you remember that episode where the, this happened? And we like. I can't even do that now. Nope. <laughs> we don't need to be famous. I have zero memories. Literally do not know. So if you ever meet me in real life and would like to talk about an episode, you're going to have to bring proof, sound clips, maybe a script. Because I'm going to need some evidence You here. can't just walk up to me and be like, hey, it's the it's that time of the month where we're going to guzzle me a pint, matey. And I'll be like, <laughs> why the fuck did you just say that, you fucking weirdo? <laughs> I'll dead ass look at you like you're weird. Unless we put it on our merch, then obviously we're going to know it. But, I'll you know. you like you're weird. <laughs> so around this time, things started heating up in the Scientology world, right? Because now, like, it's technically discovered. Because part one of this Tupata um, was really just uh, Ronnie Ron's life. And then now we're actually talking about not talking about Scientology because you're not supposed to do that. So it's not an episode about Scientology. Zero percent. Hubbard differentiated the difference between Dianetics and Scientology, saying Dianetics was mental therapy science dealing with engrams, therapy and self-help. Meanwhile, Scientology is a religion with the study of the spirit, self and other life. When I start to tell you what goes into Scientology, you're going to be like, am I listening to part one all over again? This sounds the exact same. No, it. it OK, let's just move on. <laughs> The difference is that they have different values, creeds, codes, and core values, supposedly. Did I say creeds twice? You said values twice. <laughs> you said va- different values, creeds, core values. Okay. Like, so, so I there's knew values, th- and then there's core values. I knew something was wrong, but I couldn't figure out where I said something wrong. <laughs> so they both have the base value of you need to better yourself, like, and that man is good, and to remain good, you have to, like, work on yourself to stay that way and become that way right the concept for both scientology and dianetics is just vague enough to make it like questionable but also make it work because people are like well i want to know more because that doesn't fully answer my questions but at the same time it's kind of like well if it doesn't work like i'm not surprised but if it does work like i'm not surprised (laughs) like do you see where i'm kind of like yeah it's it's just just vague enough for it to like Make sense, but not make sense at the same time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Scientology believes at its core, everyone has a reactive mind with stored trauma, which can harm the analytical mind. And it makes us unclear to life and development as a person. And the unclear is what we're trying to clear up, right? So therefore, we live a life in the past with clouded or jaded memories that are harming us. 
instead of being clear and being able to move on. Therefore, we go through auditing to try and clear the mind. And that's the big part of Scientology, again, is becoming clear and all that. So you have to go through tests and therapy methods to try to help the members to become clear. In 1951, so we're kind of like backwards here for a minute. Because we're time time travelers. That's that's why (laughs) there was a man named Volney G. Matheson, who was an American chiropractor, writer and inventor. And he helped Hubbard create a tool called the E-meter, which would later be adopted into the Dianetics, but mostly into like being ultimately like a big Scientology tool. It's that thing where like you put your hands on the metal things that are kind of shaped like I know what you're talking about yeah like yeah okay and don't you use like don't you want to have um like your hands wet or like your I don't know there's different kinds but it's that thing that's what I'm that's what I'm thinking right so I'm thinking it works based off like your heart rate or something because that's what makes sense to me in my head once I start to explain it 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 doesn't work what they think it does isn't it electromagnetic type of Type of deal, but like too low. Yes. And it can pulse or of a yeah pulse. Yeah. And it can spike and it can not spike based on the user. But like once you start to get into what they're talking about when they're holding these like things, it makes me think that the heartbeat is what's more like and like your yeah, your pulse. Okay, yeah. Who knows? So it's an electro 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 psychometer electro psychometer. Mm hmm. Those words have too many O's in it. I think. Well, and there's a P in there because of psycho and it's really confusing. That's why they call it the E-meter and Hubbard's E-meter, a.k.a. the homemade lie detector test, they sometimes called it, would help the Scientology auditors to examine a person's mental state. Scientologists claim the device allowed people to see a thought. So in the hands of a trained auditor, they can uncover hidden crimes or like things that are clouding their judgment so that they can fix it. Because when you have your hands on this e-meter and it starts to spike, whatever it's spiking for, that's your your trauma. We need to talk about that until it stops spiking so that you stop having that trauma. So then it becomes clear. So see what I'm saying? Like, it makes sense. It's like your pulse or like your heart rate racing because you're talking about this traumatic event. And then the more you talk about it, the more relaxed you down. Yeah. And then they're like, look, it's cleared. But really, like, no, you just talked yourself through it. Right. A huge supporter of Scientology that swears that the e-meter is like the super thing. useful <laughs> is John Travolta. That's really interesting. What's your favorite John Travolta film? We did want- Tom Cruise, so let's do Volta. I'm going to need my phone for this one. I would say mine's Hairspray, I guess. I'm not super. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to like Hairspray. I'm just like over Grease at this point in my life. School did it as a musical. I hear it all the time. I'm, I don't need it. I can't think of. Oh, what's that one where he's in the white suit? Ah, 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 stand alive. Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> that one. There's one that's like. Not a John Travolta Travolta. Um, oh, my God. Pulp Fiction. Yep. And Carrie. <laughs> I forget he's in Pulp Fiction. That's a good movie. Kylie want to know. Nope. If you listen to part one, you already knew that, though. And if you didn't, why are you in part two, weirdo? (laughs) Don't be that person. I really don't. I liked Savages. 
I don't even know what that is. It's with Blake Lively. Okay. It has a 6.4 out of 10. Okay, we're moving on. (laughs) The Church of Scientology published disclaimers declaring that the E-meter by itself does nothing, is how they quoted it. And they say it isn't capable of improving health. It is used specifically for the spiritual purposes to help the auditor find the problem areas to address them to improve to become clear. The E-meter will be triggered when the patient has a triggered memory. And then when the meter responds, you need to fix it. Once it's fixed, the meter stops responding. So you cleared the memory. Pretty much exactly how I explained it. But does it does clearing the memory mean like anytime you. From now on, when you think about it, you won't be triggered by it. Okay, so it's not that you're it's not like it's erased from you. No, it's just like. No, you're just not your reaction to it is gone. Yes, because it's stored now. It's done. The trauma that was associated with it is no longer a trauma. You're good. That's not how humans work. Well, it, well, this is Scientology. They're better than regular humans. Oh, OK. In 1952, Hubbard wrote a book called The History of Man, where he said the stereotypical man has two entities within the human body. Each person has a genetic entity and then a thetan or consciousness that has the capacity to separate from body and mind. Essentially, it's what most people would be like, is your soul like that's the best way to describe it. Okay, because otherwise, when I start explaining, it, you're gonna be like, what? It sounds like a ghost. No, like think of it as your soul. Okay, okay. According to Hubbard, he said in man's long evolutionary development, the Thetan has been trapped by the Ingrams formed at various stages of embodiment. So Scientology training is aimed at clearing a person of their Ingrams engrams however you pronounce it again thus creating an operating thetan or an ot and then there's levels of that so among the abilities of the operating thetan is the soul's capacity to lead and operate apart from the body so is it like hold on um like astro projecting actually yes okay they do mention like astral projections and also um Fuck, what's that word now? <laughs> I'm still looking at movies, by the way. I mean, I probably would have to choose Grease just because it's a musical and it's amazing, but. I guess I haven't really seen many of of him. But I feel like he's in an action movie that I like. I was like, whoa, that's him. Hmm. (laughs) So it's not just astral projection. It's also potential telepathy and or remote viewing and or time travel. Oh, yeah. So remember when I said we're time traveling? Yes, (laughs) we are Scientologists. It's the theme. Okay. Now, the operating Thetan has complete spiritual freedom and promises immortality along other things. Yes, I know. I put a hard E in the word immortality every time. Okay. This isn't going as far to say as your body is immortal. It's just your Thetan is. Hubbard also coined the acronym MEST, M-E-S-T, when he talks about the components of what the operating Thetan can control and their abilities to control. MEST is the ability to control matter, energy, and space time. To get the operating Thetan to work, you have to be clear again. 
So the more auditing you do, the more engrams you clear, the more engrams you clear, the more clear you become, the more clear you become, the more in tune you are with your operating Thetan. Once you're in tune with your operating Thetan, you become superhuman. You can develop superpowers. You're going to have immortality of your Thetan. And then there are levels of your operating Thetan that you can get to. And those are your OT levels with OT eight being the highest auditing level. OT eight known also as the truth revealed. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So each OT level is super costly. Everyone knows this about Scientology. It's a money, um, money pit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's what makes a lot of people talk about Scientology because they call it a giant money scam. So levels one and two of OT operating Thetan are a lot of auditing and reaching a certain point of clear. Like you can't even move on till you're a certain removed of however much engrams, however you're clear, however much auditing you have to do. like a requirement first to get through these levels to get to the higher levels. So then once you get to OT3, you're now part of Scientology's advanced technology and you get to learn the doctrines of Scientology, which is Xenu and the story of Xenu that started a long time ago. And we are so lucky because Hubbard taught it to us are you ready to learn the story of xenu of course Do you know this no okay <laughs> <laughs> i'm excited now the first time i heard this i thought like i had switched okay so i heard a different podcast like this was years ago at this point it was probably like 2017 or something. I heard another podcast do a Scientology episode. Theirs wasn't that long. It was only maybe like an hour, but they got to the Xenu part. And I thought I had skipped and started listening to a different podcast about or a different episode or something. And I was like, am I on a cryptid episode? And then I looked down and I was still on Scientology. I'm like, oh my God. Um, <sighs> All right, okay. I'm, re- I'm ready. Xenu. So this is OT3. OT3 Xenu. Xenu is the ruler of a galactic confederacy that happened 75 million years ago, which consisted of 26 stars, 76 planets, including Earth. But Earth was actually known as Tijak. Okay. The planets were overpopulated and the average population of like a planet was 178 billion life forms. Life during the 75 million years ago happened to be exactly like the 1950s in America, though. They had the same like cars, the same outfits. They had the same jobs. The Galactic, the Galactic Confederacy was literally the 1950s when L. Ron Hubbard was alive, but somehow took place 75 million years ago. Just normal aliens doing normal alien Earth things in the 1950s, right? Okay. Zeno was about to be taken out of a position of power, so he decided like something that he needed to do to become popular would be to devise a plot to eliminate the excess population because that would make everyone love him. Now, with the assistance of some psychiatrists, he gathered billions of citizens under the pretense of telling him, telling these citizens, these aliens, that he was going to help them. But instead, he then paralyzed their hearts and froze them and captured their souls. The kidnapped aliens were then loaded into spacecraft and transported to a site of extermination, which was the planet TG. To get to Giac, TGAC, TGAC, there it is, <laughs> which is essentially Earth, right? Okay. When they had reached TGAC, the per- paralyzed aliens were dropped into volcanoes and then they put hydrogen bombs into the volcanoes and detonated them. And it killed mostly like all of them. Only a few aliens remained. Well, then the victim's souls were now without bodies. So these disembodied souls were just like bouncing around TGAC. And they were called Thetans. 
The Thetans were blown into the air by the blast of the bombs and captured and sucked up by Xenu's forces using a vacuum zone all around the world. Then the billions of captured Thetans were taken to essentially a giant 3D movie theater and they were told that they had to sit there and watch a movie for 36 days. And these movies were supposedly really intense scenes of like crucifixions and like holy rituals and all these kind of things. And they implanted into the Thetans what Hubbard termed various misleading data into the memories of Thetans that had to do with God, the devil and more. 30 six days that's all you caught from everything i just said no anytime you say xenu i think of xenon and i'm i'm screwed from the (laughs) (laughs) get-go now if that's not enough in addition to implementing the new beliefs into the thetans the images deprived them of their sense of personal identity when the thetans left the projection areas they started to cluster together in groups of a few thousand having lost the ability to differentiate between each other the government faction known as Loyal Officers overthrew Xenu over this and locked him away in an electronic mountain trap from which he has still not escaped. Tijiak was then subsequently abandoned by the Galactic Confederacy because now it's just a home to all these disembodied Thetans, and it remi- remains a pariah prison planet to this day, hence why Earth can't find any other aliens because we're a prison planet. Oh. So, <laughs> so now, when children are born on Earth, the Thetans latch onto the baby And that's how people have Thetans within them. And your Thetans eventually start causing your engrams and then humans develop anxiety and fear. And that's why we need audited because the engrams are loading on top of this anxiety and fear. And we need to clear that so that the Thetan can be free and be operating. Wow. I don't even know what to say. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what? I mean, but think about how the Bible sounds, too. <laughs> I'm just saying. Just like. I mean, I, I get OK props for coming up with that type of story. I mean, I can see it's a Futurama episode. I Yes. No, that's exactly. I was thinking of Futurama, Xenon and um, Rick and Morty the whole yeah. time. Yeah, that's like, literally what this it is. is literally an acid trip. It's fine. So there's that. (laughs) Now, okay, you have to be level OT3 to get that, right? Right. (laughs) Now, to put things in perspective, in 1988, the cost of learning these secrets from the Church of Scientology to become OT level three was $6,500. Now, that's just for OT level three. So that's not even like adding in the cost of OT one and two which remember are you have to be eligible for OT3 by completing OT1 and 2 and a million billion years of auditing. So at this point you spent well over $1000 in auditing. 100,000. Yeah, $100,000 and then you still have to pay $6500 and that's 1988 terms. Yeah, so that's a fuck ton of money in that time frame. So the belief in Xenu and Thetans are a requirement for Scientologists to progress further. You can't get to OT4 until you believe in OT3. And if you don't believe in OT3, they make you retake it and repay for it so that you better understand it. I really want the FBI to come up to me and be like, Kylie, you need to go into Scientology and we'll pay for it. It's fine. And see how far you get. It's just (laughs) so baffling to hear it and know that people are spending so much money on it but then if you think about it 
the people that we hear that are into it, Tom Cruise, yeah, this is say, Trump they, change to yeah, him. Yeah, they have money. So, And also, at this point, he's so deep in it that if he does abandon it, like, it makes him look stupid, too, because of all the money he's poured into it. Like, because I get it, it's nothing to him, but... For us, if we hear Tom Cruise invested $2.8 billion into Scientology and then he just quit on a Thursday, on we're going to be like, dude, that was $3 billion you just wasted believing in a galactic confederacy that put us in volcanoes. Are you stupid? With nitrogen bombs. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Side note, in Cocaine Bear, the episode, I said a word. And I added an extra letter into it and I did it all three times and Kylie did not correct me. And I didn't realize it until I heard the episode. This isn't the word, but it's something like the word together. And I like added like an L into it. So I was like, together, together, together. And I did it three separate times in the episode. And it, yeah. And when I was later listening to the episode, I was like, what the fuck? Do I not know how to pronounce that word? No, I do. I just didn't that day. What word is it? I don't remember. No, you have to remember. It was weird, though. When I heard it, I was just like, oh, my God. Is that what I sound like? <laughs> so, yeah, that was interesting. I'm still listening to that one. Yeah. Going back to the establishment of Scientology itself, now that we've learned a lot about the super awesome beliefs and the developments of it. The the 100 percent truth. Yeah. On February 18th, 1954, Hubbard officially established the first Church of Scientology. It was in Los Angeles, California. Like, perfect placement for it, well, though. Well, that's, yeah. That, like, yeah. Mm, yeah, mm, yeah. It's not in, you know, the Midwest <laughs> where we don't have money. <laughs> so, also in 1954, Hubbard finally beat out Purcell for the part one of the episode, if you remember. Like, how they were fighting and then they sued each other and everything else. And that he wanted to take Dianetics and stuff. Well, Hubbard finally got the copyrights of Dianetics back. And I think if that other guy would have won, I don't think this would have ever became a cult. I mean, a, a religion. And we wouldn't hear about it these days near as much. <laughs> it just rolls off the tongue. Mm -hmm. So with this newfound win, Hubbard started absorbing any and all smaller businesses that had to do with Dianetics to continue to grow and grow in his following and grow in his numbers. He also did this new method to gain more followers with something he called illness researchers. Mm. It's actually brilliant. Oh. So because I mean, because it's super shady, I don't mean right. like it's great, like it, it, it works. It's a con brilliant. Yes. Right. So Hubbard told the Scientologists to place an ad in the local newspaper saying polio victims should call them. He said they suggested the ad was like a research organization or a charitable organization. So then when the people answered the ad and they arrived at the headquarters, they were given three hours of free group auditing. And then they were later able to buy individual auditing sessions. But here's why it worked. They felt better after this group hearing because they all got to sit around and talk about their issues and they just like felt better because they heard other people with the same story. So then they were thinking it was working. And the other thing is when you hear the word Scientology back then, it has science in the name. So you're already thinking like, I have polio, only science is going to fix me or medicine at this point. Well, Scientology, that sounds really mature. Sounds promising. And also this... This Dianetics therapy thing worked for so many people in the past, like maybe there is something to it. And he's putting out these ads and he's not even lying in them technically because he never once says like, oh, we'll fix you. He's like, come and join our research. Our research is about learning our research. Well, because he is technically researching them, researching how to pawn their money out of their pockets and into his. But like 
he just did it so damn well. You know? So seamlessly. Yeah. Um, the technique was not like <sighs> so Scientology was not a medical profession, obviously. Like it was not at all. So when the people came there, the Scientologists did have to say they weren't offering a treatment or cure, but they were investigating them. That's how they termed it. Investigating or like researching. So they didn't break any medical laws because they weren't applying to them because they specifically didn't say we're not curing anything. That's how they were able to get around a lot of this. He was presenting the group as someone who could help them and heal, heal them by auditing, not like heal their wounds. He's helping them with their wounds which isn't healing, but in their eyes, they're like, Scientology is going to heal me. But yeah, and then you got blindsided and you were talked into becoming a member and then you spent a bunch of money and now you're a member. The Scientology religion was growing in numbers, which means the funds were growing. So by the late 1950s, Hubbard started getting a chunk of the change himself because he was putting himself as a member of the staff. This made it really hard for them to continue being allowed to be tax exempt because right. um, someone's getting paid. <laughs> right. So the IRS came wanting to collect funds, as they should. Scientology began fighting this, saying they're a religion, so they have to be included under the, like, how you can't tax religion things. And they were saying this, but at the same time, Hubbard was still receiving a check, so that's, like, really difficult to lie about when you can physically see it firsthand. So since Hubbard wasn't getting the tax exemption that he wanted, he just decided he would just start evading taxes entirely. and just that's legal no yeah you're right it's not right so the irs was heavily aware of this and in the 1960s they began to investigate hubbard and scientology now the irs originally did grant scientology church like tax exemption like they actually were in the beginning but it ended up being revoked and they actually cited three reasons why they did it number one scientology practitioners are profiting from a nonprofit church so yeah obviously Two, the, the church's activities are commercial, meaning they're bringing in profits. And number three, the church is serving the private interest of L. Ron Hubbard. Again, yes. So not, not accepted. Scientology in the end had a 37 year dispute with the IRS. And there's reports of money smuggling, obstruction of documents, falsification of records, frauds, evasions, theft, criminal conspiracy, and so much more. Scientology is said to have over 2,500 lawsuits with or against the IRS just about tax exemption. Wow. That's so many. That's so many. What? So their next step was to create another like branch of the church. So they created the Sea Org. The Sea Org was established on August 12th, 1967 in the Canary Islands. Now you can kind of see where this probably is going. He's evading taxes. So he's creating a sea charter so that he's on international open waters. See, he knows what he's doing. Unfortunately. Yeah. I hate it. It was an eight year voyage that was supposed to sail from port to port in the Mediterranean Sea and the eastern North Atlantic. A big part of this was to help with the tax evasion with the IRS. But the Sea Org members made lifetime commitments by Scient to Scientology when they would get on this boat. And like. Just to give you an example, if you ever see these dudes, you're going to be like, that's the military. But um, right. it's not. They just had uniforms that looked like almost exactly like high ranking military people. And they had to present themselves like that and act like that and be like that. It was super strict because he wanted them to seem like 
I don't know, like over the top, I guess, like professional. I don't I don't know what his like gimmick here was, but he really was. Maybe it it was because he did want to always be on his submarine back in the day and have that story that he had made up about like being a good war hero. And he never ended up really having that. So maybe this was him living out his dream. But this was his chance. Yeah. So when they got on the like the Sea Org committee, they would sign a billion year contract as a symbolic pledge. Billion years. That's kind of a long time. I don't know about Kylie, but <laughs> I don't think I'm going to live a billion years. No, nope, don't think so. In exchange, the members were given free room and board and a small weekly allowance. Oh, my God, is it small? The Sea Org members agreed to strict codes of discipline and they were supposed to disavow marital sex. They had to work long hours. I'm talking like well over 100 hours a week type things. And they're, they had to live in communal housing. They were paid between six to 40 cents an hour max. And they were essentially slaves on the ship is how like other members said it. But the crazy thing is everyone wanted to be on the Sea Org. Like the Sea Org was the top class of Scientologists. It was considered like a big deal. And like you were cool if you were in the Sea Org. Like that's the one you wanted to be in. So it's the um, Coast Guard of the military. Yeah, it <laughs> It really was. During the 1970s, Hubbard faced an increasing number of legal threats. Some things that happened, like he had French prosecutors charge him for the French Church of Scientology because they uh, found that he had done a few little things of fraud and customs violations in 1972. So he was advised that he was going to be extradited to France. So he decided to just stay on the sea so that he can't get extradited. Sounds piratey. Also in the 1970s, the Sea Org was banned from a lot of overseas ports and Hubbard uh, had to start coming back to the U.S. ports and like the U.S. borders because he couldn't go anywhere else. You're not going to talk about how I think it's piratey? Well, it is piratey, maybe. <laughs> in the 1970s, the first addition to the celebrities of Scientology began with John Travolta leading the movement. Now... He was one of the first ones, but we all know the most famous one is Tom Cruise, mm -hmm. especially because if anyone really remembers the Tom Cruise controversy, do you remember the Nicole Kidman controversy of them being together? Vaguely, yes. So I didn't remember exactly what happened, but I kind of like looked into it a little bit more. I didn't want to give it like a huge topic to it here on the episode, but essentially what happened is Nicole Kidman's dad is like a psychiatrist or something. And so the fact that, you mean a real medical, that's what it is. And the fact <laughs> yeah. that she believes her dad is fixing people and that goes against Scientology. They were like, she has to disavow her family if she wants to be with Tom. And that like caused a bunch of rifts in their marriage and stuff like that. And it was like, a clearly big, it was a big part was the fact that she wanted to have her family in her life. And he's like, you can't if you want to be in my life because you have to be a Scientologist with me and your dad doesn't exist in Scientology realm. And like that was that was the thing. Weird. Weird. I could not be, imagine being married to Tom Cruise, Jesus Christ. Mm -mm. I'd tower over him first off. <laughs> <laughs> He's not that small. Who's taller, him or Corey? Corey's only 5'3", so. You don't want to go there with me. <laughs> 
So Tom Cruise was not converted into Scientology until 1986 with his first wife, Mimi Rogers. Cruise then became an outspoken advocate for the Church of Scientology, especially in the 2000s when he publicly admitted he was like following Scientology as a religion. But one of the first times we really heard about it was in 1992. He had an interview with Barbara Walters and he was like, yeah, I'm a Scientologist. And everyone was like, like, yeah, that's me. I remember like kind of when it started becoming like a thing, people started talking about more and everyone was like, that's so fucking weird. Scientology, like Scientology. And I remember it like starting to be kind of like the, the thing people talked about. I remember growing up hearing about Scientology. I did not hear about it at all. Really? Yeah. And while doing this, I researched. I didn't know Tom Cruise's real name wasn't Tom Cruise. Like, I guess like I just that one doesn't seem so hokey that I thought it wasn't. But his real name is Thomas Cruise Mapother the fourth. I knew his last name wasn't Cruise and I knew that Tom was a nickname. I guess I knew Tom was a nickname, but I I guess I thought. Cruz was the last name for some reason. Hmm. On January 24th, 1986, Ron Hubbard passed away in California at the age of 74 due to a heart attack. Towards the end of his life, Hubbard remained deep in hiding while controversy raged in the outside world about whether he was even alive or not because he was still hiding from the IRS and the government. What a way to live your life. <laughs> he uh, was survived by his wife, Mary, and all of his children except for his son, Quentin, I didn't mention it, but him and Mary had four more kids together because like, remember, he had like two kids and then like what he he in the end had like seven kids or something. He had Quentin, Diana, Suzette and Thomas. Not Thomas Cruz. <laughs> the copyrights of his works and much of his estate and wealth were uh, written in his will to be left to the church of Scientology, not even his kids and stuff. Well, it's probably a good thing because the IRS, IRS would have taken it. <laughs> Like, uh, no, I'll take that right Thank back. Thank you. <laughs> After Hubbard passed, the new person rose to power. And that is the one, the only, the David Miscavige. Ah, David Miscavige. He's the reason we're not making a Scientology episode because he scares me. Yeah, we're not. I don't know what you're talking about. What is this? <laughs> what is Scientology? I'm talking about Xenu. <laughs> no, it's Xenon. Oh, shit. <laughs> So David is the current leader of the Church of Scientology. His official title, though, within the organization is chairman of the board of the Religious Technology Center, also known as RTC. Again, with the names. It is a corporation that controls the trademarks and copyrights of Dianetics and Scientology. Because it's a religion. So, you know, he's not the owner of it. He's, you know, the, yeah, the controller it's religion. Right. David was a member of Scientology under Hubbard since he was a teenager. He actually was a member of the Sea Org. And then he later joined the Commodore's Messenger Organization, which is a group within the Sea Org that carried out Hubbard's direct orders. They were like the A plus students, pretty much. David rose to a leadership position in the early 1980s, and then he was given his position in 1987, only a yearish after Hubbard had passed away. So those were the kids that asked for extra credit. Yeah. And did it. And did it. <laughs> I just thought I should clarify. Since he assumed his leadership position, there have been so many allegations made against David. If you look up who in the world has more allegations than who, he's going to be at the... He's, he's, he's up there. He's at the top. So there are claims of human trafficking, child abuse, slavery, forced separation of family members, emotional and physical abuse. And that's just like the tip of the iceberg. 
That's the tip. That's that's all the bad that's things. That's just the tip. Just the tip. David and spokespersons for the organizations deny a majority of the claims, though, and they often attack the credibility of anyone who bring them. So people get really scared to fight against them. And Scientology has a lot of money, clearly. So you don't get very far because they have this like method they do where they just start to bombard you with lawsuits and it never ends until you give up. Like, literally, that's how they don't have enough money to. Yeah. Yeah. On November 17th, 2013, the Clearwater, Florida base opened up. Scientologist stars such as Tom Cruise, John Travolta, and Kelly Preston were all in attendance for the opening ceremony, along with the current Scientology leader at that time, which was, again, David Miscavige. And it became known as the Worldwide Spiritual Headquarters of the Church of Scientology, also called Flagland Base. And it is located in Clearwater, Florida. It encapsulates 56 buildings over a 20-mile grid, and it's more than 3 million square feet of space. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I think I might be wrong, so don't quote me, but I one time saw this, so it obviously could be wrong now. But I think in the U.S. it's like technically the largest church. But since it's not one singular building, I think that's why it's not considered the world's largest. Not technically, but it's still there. Yeah. In the U.S., not the world. Yeah. It still exists. In April of 2022, the most recent lawsuit against David was filed It was in reference to repeated sexual assault of children by Scientology officials in the Sea Org during David's leadership. So it's not saying David did it. He just told them they had to do it. This case also involves some stories of human trafficking, forced labor and other forms of child abuse. A lot of people know the wild stories of what happens when you try to quit or leave Scientology. And that's why you're not allowed to make Scientology episodes or talk against David Miscavige, which we would never imagine doing. (laughs) But there is a long list of legal incidents, including criminal conviction uh, or just like criticizing you when you go to leave the group. They also will put surveillance on you, gang stalk you, have fraud charges, bankruptcy and more. They also go on to talk about how, like, if you try to leave, they'll basically brainwash you just to try to keep you in the religion. And one of the big things they do is this rule of disconnection and It's pretty scary sounding when you dive really deep into it. Essentially, if you try to leave Scientology, they will ruin you. They don't care how they do it, but they will ruin you to turn your family, your friends, everyone in your life against you so that you can't come back. And also you have nowhere to go because they took all your money and now they're going to ruin you as a person so that no one will love you and no one will talk to you. No one will be around. And you can't once you leave Scientology, like if Corey and Kylie were both in Scientology and then Kylie decides to leave. Corey and Kylie are done. Corey cannot speak to Kylie anymore. Kylie and Corey are not a couple. Corey acts like Kylie never did or will exist again. So it's like a. um, A cult. (laughs) (laughs) No, what? uh, When you're banished, but it's not banished. It's like the actual word for banished. Start, Start with an E. You got it right on the tip of your tongue, huh? Get out. (laughs) I thought if I said it, it would come to me. Get out. You're. Banished your. Fuck. Exiled? Yes, exiled. Yes, you are exiled, but also not just that. To get them to not want to have you back, they start spreading lies about you. 
They'll tell people you were a pedophile. You're a rapist. You're an assaulter. You're a terrible person. They don't care what they do. They don't care if it's true or lies. They will do anything and everything to make all these people disconnect from you. There's another word I'm thinking of. Excommunication. Oh, like like when you're like banned from a church. Yeah. Like you're excommunicated. So there are people that have escaped Scientology, obviously, hence how we know a lot about it. Leah Remini, which is the girl from the going clear and stuff like that. She's definitely the one to look into if you guys want to look into it. Some other people, though, that I kind of found interesting because one of them I had never known about. So Jenna Miscavige Hill, which is David's niece, like David Miscavige, the, the guy. Lisa Marie Presley, Elvis's daughter. Didn't know about that one. I didn't even know she was a Scientologist, but she was and she got out of it. Spanky Taylor. That one's a really sad one. It has to do with babies. Uh, Ron Miscavige, which is David's dad. He spoke out a lot about how hard it was to leave his family and like how his family was ruined due to Scientology and stuff. Right. And there's a lot more. But then there are stories also about people who were unable to escape and the ominous things that happened to them. So obviously Scientology is not to fault for any of these stories. Um. They just all are very odd circumstances. So let's talk about them. Lisa McPherson. In 1995, a woman named Lisa McPherson went clear, reaching Scientology's top uh, realm of like years of auditing. You know, she finally got it. Then two months later, she was injured in a car accident. She was taken to Scientology's Fort Harrison Hotel in Clearwater, Florida, and she died 17 days later. Because the medicine they didn't want the medicine right okay so two felonies were dropped after a medical examiner found the death to be accidental but then a civil case happened which contended that the church staff members let her become severely dehydrated because they weren't like giving her proper like medications and or like things to stay sustained and alive so in 2004 they had a big like court case about it Hmm. another one ellie perkins she is a Scientologist who was murdered by her own son, who was schizophrenic because she kept him from getting psychiatric care or taking medicine because she said her religion didn't believe in it. And her son murdered mm. her. Noah Lodic. There was an article originally published in Time magazine telling the story about Noah. Noah Lodic was 24 years old. He uh, spent about $5,000 on auditing classes, but then he became paranoid and he ended up jumping out of a 10 story floor window of a New York hotel. His fingers were clutching $171 in cash. And everyone always said it was the only money he hadn't turned over to Scientology. Like it's all he had to his name. They say now when they talk about this, uh, there was a dude that wrote the article named Richard bear and he wrote for time magazine. And David Miscavige sued him for $416 million. Just just like a little bit of money. That's why you don't talk shit about Scientology. <laughs> you guys are getting the hint here, right? Another one. This one's very, very like well-known. Jet Travolta, John Travolta's son. There's a lot of controversy about that case. So John Travolta's son was named Jet Travolta. And TMZ reporters said that Travolta took his 16-year-old son off his anti-seizure medications because, again, critics of Scientology, like, say, like, you shouldn't be because Scientology. People say that you shouldn't be on medication, things like that. So the critics say that him taking his son off the medications happened right before his death. And that's probably what caused it. And um, that's kind of where it's been left. People try and talk about that one a lot. And everyone that talks about it a lot gets sued. So 
Not going to talk about it. Nope. Not going to talk about about it. There are a lot of famous people that are in the Scientology club, you know, the little, little club cult. Some people who you might not realize are part of it, like we've talked about the obvious ones, but here are some other ones. Danny Masterson, which is Hyde from that 70s show. While I was also researching him, I didn't know this, but he has three charges of rape since the show ended. They have all been dropped with mistrials and stuff. And a lot of people say the reason that they have been dropped and they've had mistrials and all these things is due to him being a Scientologist and the money that Scientology has. But then a lot of people also go on to say the only reason he has rape allegations is because of Scientology. They're like things that he's doing in the Scientology realm that are rapey. 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 Interesting. Elizabeth Moss from Mad Men. I don't know who that is or that movie, but it sounds familiar. I mean, not the movie, the show, but it sounds familiar. I can't think of it. Yeah, I feel like I would know her if I saw her. Laura Preppen. um, I I think it's Preppen. It might be Prupone. Uh, it's the other girl from that 70s show and Orange is the New Black. She's she's Donna from that 70s show. Mm-hmm. But um, she was always talking about like how her and Danny, both from the show, were both Scientologists. But then she left the show, obviously. Or Well, she didn't leave. The show ended, obviously. OK, right. So she's not like around another Scientologist all the time. Keep in mind. So in 2021, there's an interview. I think it's for People magazine. Someone asked her how her Scientology religion is. And she's like, oh, I'm not a Scientologist. I haven't been for like five years now. I just don't talk about my religion because what's the point? And like she openly stated, like, I don't believe in Scientology. So since we're talking about that 70s show, did you know that 90s show came out? Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about that one? I haven't watched any. Is it actually out yet? I don't know if it's out, but it's coming Um, at least. It's there. It's a real thing. I think I'm going to watch it. I don't know. Really? I, I don't love that 70s show as much as a lot of people do. I I just love Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, I like as far as comedy shows go, it's one I just never got super into. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like I can watch it in like the background. I could watch it. At yeah, any time I could do it as in any show. mood, but it's just like I couldn't tell like, you like the storyline no. really or anything or like what happens and what seasons who gets with who things like that. Yeah. I can't do any of that. Or like if you even put it on an episode, I'd be like, oh, like this is closer to the beginning of the season or the end, like nothing. Um, but like, I've watched it all the way through, I think once or twice, maybe, but that that's literally it. But I'll probably watch that 90s show because I have more of a 90s nostalgia than a 70s. But they better like treat it like the 90s. Also, I think they are. I get it that it's they're also the embodiment of the kids. They are the kids from the, that 70s show and they're in the basement again and stuff like that. But I hope they also spruce it up to make it 90s. So like, I hope the kids are like. Oh, there's a Led Zeppelin poster on the wall. I'm instead going to put up my Green Day poster also. Right. Like, I hope they don't just leave the 70s vibes. I hope they incorporate the 90s. I hope it's more freaks and geeks like. Yeah. That's what I should say. So are the kids children of the people from that 70s show? And from what I have gathered, not all of them are. Like, the main kid is that's staying at Kitty and Red's house is Eric and Donna's child. Okay. And then I do believe, and anyone can correct me, I could be wrong. This is just what I've gathered from what I have seen. It seems like, it seems like that is one of the kids. And it seems like um, one of the other kids is Jackie and Ashton Kutcher's kid. Can't, I don't even know his fucking name in the show. That's how much I don't know about the show. Kessler. Kessler? 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 Pretty sure. Kessler? There is no character in that show named Kessler. It's something like that. Kessler? Okay, continue. Okay. 
Jackie and him. And then I think one of the other kids is actually like a niece or nephew of that dude that worked with Hyde that was always high. Do you know who I'm talking about? Like I think so. the hippie guy. I think it's like a niece or a nephew of him or like a grandkid or something like I think the other kids are more like just kids that happen to be in the town or whatever. But I don't think they're all related. Kelso. Kelso. It's close. Kelser. Kessler, what did you It was close. <laughs> Fuck off. Um, and then I think there's a new foreign exchange student, which would be the equivalent of Fez, but like a different student. You know what I mean? Like, but they use the same gimmick. Yeah. No, I, I did notice that. So I think that's who it is. But again, I could be wrong. So there's that. Could be interesting. But it's also weird that two Scientologists were both in. Yeah. I wonder if that show they okay. I couldn't find out that much about how they got into Scientology. I wonder if like Hyde was in Scientology and then he talked to Donna into it or vice versa, or if they both discovered it around the same time. Like, how did they both just happen to be on the same show and both be into it? Were they both into it beforehand, afterhand? Like, I just I need to. That's just kind of odd. Did they no get more. into the show because of Scientology somehow? They were kind of young, weren't they? But if a lot of Scientology members are Scientology members because someone they know or love is a Scientology member or a family member and you don't want that disconnection. So you become a Scientologist so you can stay in the the know. Hmm. So I don't know. Okay, interesting. Now, something I really didn't know where to add in because I hate fucking talking about it. You I have been fighting left and right for the past two weeks on the internet about homophobia. So I really don't want to have to talk about it in an episode, but I'm going to. Anybody that knows me knows one thing that I am very irritated by is homophobia. Now, Scientology. Let's discuss. (laughs) Scientology and sexual orientation are based off the writings of Hubbard, which again is from like before the 1950s. Keep in mind. And homosexuality wasn't like as looked, not great looked great upon back yeah. then. but he made it like even worse okay his statements have led people to believe that scientology promotes homophobia through allegations but like uh scientologists are like no 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 no, no. we're not like that and um i'm being a little um nosy nancy here saying this but i think a big reason why they're like no no no, no that's not true that's not true is because I've always gotten the vibe. My little gaydar has gone off. I think John Travolta is kind of on the the gaydar spectrum. And I think that that's a thing is if one of their main people that everyone knows as a Scientologist goes against one of the main stipulations of Scientology, then they would realize how much of a fail they are. So I think that's part of the reason why nowadays they're like, no, 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 we're not against it. That was, he wrote that in 1950. It's 2020, bitch. Like, you know what I mean? They're like, no, no, he didn't mean it like that. But Also, that's me outing John Travolta as if I know him. Okay, um, so in Hubbard's Dianetics book, or according to part one of these episodes, Diabetics book, if you if you know, you know, (laughs) he classified homosexuality as an illness of sexual perversion, citing the contemporary psychiatric and psychological textbooks could support his views on how it's like a perversion. He included sexual perversion and homosexuality both being bad things, which, okay, one of them is you're not wrong. okay, but he well, I I guess it just depends on what your perversion is. If it's like pedophilia. Yeah. um, Right. But if it's like you got a kink where you like being spanked in the bedroom, 
well, okay, that's a different thing, sir. Right. And also that homophobia and pedophilia are three very different things. Very different. Very different. So these should not be in the same category. That's like saying an artichoke, a filet mignon, and a tiramisu are the exact same food. Okay, well, no, they're not. They're all great, though. <laughs> but the pedophilia one isn't. Like, Whichever one's pedophilia have, is Can bad. I have that meal, please? <laughs> I'm hungry now. <laughs> he said that the um, the thing about homosexuality that makes it a sexual perversion is it generates promiscuity. That's what makes it so bad. Because like, if you're homosexual, you're kind of a slut, bitch. That's not how it works. That's though. not how it works. <laughs> it's not all. even close. And it's it, probably actually pretty opposite. And like, it, there's so much more to this whole like, homophobia within Scientology but the more you keep reading into it and like the more like quotes you find and everything it just infuriates you and you just want to like scream in Tom Cruise's face like why are you part of Xenu and this like ridiculous fucking thing but um I decided I didn't want to do all that and cause a scene tonight on the podcast so um I didn't so that's that and we're gonna leave it there (laughs) They potentially could or couldn't be homophobic. Hmm. Do with that information what you will. Punch a Scientologist in the face, maybe. Don't do it. (laughs) They have more money than you. (laughs) They have more money than you. So that's, I mean, there's so much more we could do. But again, didn't want to bring it into a part three. Because just once you start digging, you just get so fed up with it all. It's so much like lies on top of lies and just things that don't make sense and then it just starts to like repeat itself and it becomes so fucking out of left field and we could have talked more about like people that have escaped or that like wanted to escape or things that have happened but again didn't want david miscavige to um kill us sue us whatever you know he's feeling this week and also i really want if people are more interested in scientology to like watch the going clear and things like that and hear firsthand these people talk about it because it doesn't matter what i reiterate like you gotta hear it from them and like see the like the humanity in their eyes when they're talking about this and how much they were affected it makes a difference yeah so that's a wrap i'll have to watch it it's not like sad but it's kind of like sad like Do you know what I mean? Like, okay, Blackfish is sad and it's sad. This is like sad, but like you're more irritated. So like you start to get sad and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe they went through this. Dude, fuck the people that put them through. You get, Uh, you get, you get angry. Yeah. Angry, sad. Yeah. You're sangry. That's not sad, angry. Okay. You're a gad. Angry, sad. No. (laughs) Deprangry. Depressing, angry. <laughs> to prangry. <laughs> it kind of sounds like a food. It does. Um, I listed in part one my resources. I kind of use like the same stuff because I just broke it into two parts because the episode got too long and it originally was written like all as one big thing, and then I just cut it down the middle. So I use the Scientology website, the L. Ron Hubbard website, the documentary Going Clear, Scientology and the Prison of Belief. That's the one I was talking about. It is it's worth a watch. It's on HBO Max. If you don't have HBO Max, find a buddy that does watch it. It's worth it. If you really want to read some wild stuff, the Beyond Belief, My Secret Life Inside Scientology and My Harrowing Escape by Jenna Miscavige Hill and Lisa Pulitzer. That one's pretty wild. But I do think you get the same 
vibes from both the book and the show. So you don't like necessarily need to do them both. So if you're not a reader, just watch the show. Yeah. Uh, I tried to read the books by L. Ron Hubbard out of the 3,000 and 4,000 bajillion he wrote. I only <laughs> looked into two. What is Scientology and the Dianetics of Modern Science and Mental Health? And they're both. If you ever can't sleep at night and you need something to help, I got you. I got them <laughs> on my Kindle. I'll read them to you. <laughs> and then if you can find the Leah Remney Scientology in the Aftermath docuseries, that one is insane also. I'm still pretty sure it's Remini. It could be. She's famous. <laughs> You've probably heard her name. Um, that one's also really worth, but that one is more on the sad side. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to go to the website and just be like, "It's such a fucking doozy." It just it, you look at it and it's this blue building with a giant like symbol on it, and it just says, "Welcome to Scientology." <laughs> really big. <laughs> Welcome. I'm like, ah, yeah, I'm here probably i've viewed it so many times in the past few days they're like monitoring my computer now and like in the next week or so i'll like get an email from them being like are you interested in scientology here are some advanced like thoughts they only cost 49.99 to see the first word after that it's 7.99 each word after (laughs) right per letter yeah (laughs) so so it's a religion that doesn't really believe in like a, a higher being like you are the higher being well, <laughs> you're the higher being. You're Thetan. You're operating Thetan as a higher being. Okay. So, yes. There are essentially higher beings from what it seems like, but, like, you have to get to them. You have to get to, like, the highest level to, yeah. to see them. I guess Xenu would be the closest thing to, like, their god. god yeah. Okay. Mm. Or L. Ron Hubbard, because they do treat him like a god, really, for discovering it. And you got to think about it. This is considered a new religion because it was only discovered in 1950, which also, you know, just screams that it's real. In 1950, some random man's like, found a religion. Look, it was under this rock. (laughs) It was dusted under the rug. That's how you know it's a cult. Anything that was discovered just randomly like that, it's it's a cult. (laughs) I just got to say it. We won't go there. (laughs) So, um... I don't know. Do you have any more Scientology things to add no, tonight? I don't. Th- I don't think so. I really don't think I do either. This was. It's a lot when you're digging into it, and you gotta yeah. like narrowing it down to put in an episode was so hard. And I'm sure there are rabbit holes upon rabbit holes upon rabbit holes. And like you have to try and think like what's important, what isn't, what like might you get in trouble for, what could be hearsay. It gets so difficult to write a Scientology episode. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for the rest of the month of January, we have some pretty insane cases for you. Uh, Next week, we have a. It's not like a longly awaited because it just happened like a few months ago, but a lot of people have talked about it recently and we got two or three requests to do it. So we are actually for next week uh, doing the Idaho four case and everything that's happened and. When I say that I'm deep in this case, I'm I might be more deep in this case than I was in the Amber Heard Johnny Depp. No, there's no way. There's no way. I literally have a printout of the entire affidavit on my bed. I'm aware of that. I'm aware of that. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I'm pretty deep. So I'm hoping we do it some justice and we can really talk about it because it needs talked about and it it's a case that's 
it doesn't hit close to home in the sense of like it's in our neck of the woods, but it's not far from our age group and it could happen to anybody types thing types types type thing. Yeah. So like it it needs talked about. It's a super tragic story. And when we get into it, you'll figure that out. So and it's one of those cases that just won't sit right with you. Sorry to do that to you. So sorry. We do that a lot. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Thank you guys for sticking with us. And thank you for everyone that helps make this podcast what it is. You're part of the CSP family and we appreciate you all the time. Big thank you to you, Corey, core.media.photography every week for doing the editing and making us sound pretty hip and cool. Because <laughs> we hip and we cool. Mm, not really. <laughs> <laughs> no, not quite. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, which is at Cryptic Soup Pod, where DMs are always open for suggestions. So slide on in. You can also join the Facebook group, which is Cryptic Soup Pod Official. In this group, we post further updates on our lives or our cases. Join us and hang out on the socials to stay up to date and be a part of the CSP fam as well. All of our links can easily be found on crypticsouppod.com as well. Any kind of Apple podcast review or rating helps as well as a Spotify rating. And we appreciate you and give you a shout out when you do it. So it's a fun way to get your name be heard by us saying it. Did that make sense? <laughs> I don't think I don't so. think that sentence got where I wanted it to. I can't. I can't. Uh, I don't know what I said. Yeah, I, I really. I, <laughs> but I, I knew it wasn't right. I can't tell. I couldn't tell you what you just said. But, but I was listening. Yeah. Hmm, that was a lot of words that didn't make a sentence. Can't repeat it. <laughs> well, maybe I am a Scientologist. I spew a lot of no, shit. No, no, no. <laughs> so on. remember, guys, to subscribe, follow, tune in, keep up with us, and remember to join the conversation. We'll see you next Tuesday for the next episode. Stay tuned. Who has more anxiety, Shiro or Corey? Oh, definitely Corey. <laughs> oh, so aggressive. Why do you walk so heavy? That's I'm you. heavy. You're five foot three. What's heavy about you? Six I foot almost, three. No. No, he is five foot three. I almost made a post on fucking Twitter <laughs> about how I'm the only person that Thena's attacked this year. <laughs> publicly on social media, even though they said they were going to start telling all these lies about people. But I'm the only one, and it was at 12.06 a.m. January 1st. I realize people believe things you write on the internet if they've never met the person, so I'm starting a rumor that Corey's 5'3". And I'm going to see how far I can get with it. I'll yell at Corey. You see how I get treated? I'm just so used to yelling at him for everything. <laughs> I literally say we're going to do something wrong like and I'm like, Corey, stop! It's because I'm a man. No, that's not the only bad thing about you. <laughs> the next time you fucking need something fixed in your car, <laughs> you can call another woman. Damn, Corey. Mm-hmm. You're being mean. Talk highly. See how that goes for you. No, I want my car to still rotten <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> I'll just be like, call Bob. <laughs> hey, have fun. Play with your puppy. Damn, I'm really mad that I can't think of this word now. What are you trying to, like... I don't even know what it's called.
Is it along the lines of astro projection? Projection? Project? Project? I found it. <laughs>